As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Ryan. Hello. Thanks for being on my podcast. Uh, I, I'm so glad you, you're having me on. Yeah. You know? um, so normally the first question I ask is, what is a challenge or low point in your life that you're most proud of overcoming? Which is a really, I know, it's a really big question, uh, but <laughs> it can be that. something in like childhood or adolescence or adulthood, but a point where you felt low or or like you you couldn't continue on the current path you're on um that you're sure. proud of man that's such like a loaded question because I, I have i have things that happened to me like as like a child and i've also had things to me that has happened as like a full-fledged adult well we can talk about all of them or um, none of them whatever you're comfortable okay with. well I guess the I guess the first part of the story would would be when I was in um I was in like the fourth grade, actually even third grade and going into fourth grade, um I had this condition called leg perthes disease, and everybody thought that like doctors thought that like I wasn't really gonna be able to like walk again like after uh you know after this condition, some doctors thought they were gonna have to go in and just like tear some tendons out and like tie me back together so I could like walk on this like uh this hip basically the the bone became uh deteriorated from the socket okay and so I had to be in traction for like a whole year and what is that it's yeah it's so basically like it's well Bo, like Bo Jackson had it like that basically it's from like too much hyperactivity but oh. the, uh, yeah but the uh the hip is it's where it becomes it, it deteriorates from the socket so okay. like it looks like but like what's an, traction traction is where um you see people's like legs hanging up like you know, in a bed, like you get in like, a hospital. Yeah. Okay. Like, like where you put like a bunch of weight on it and you wrap your leg up and it goes like through like a crane or something. What does that do? Um, it stretches out your, stretches out your leg. So there's like oh. blood flow that goes to oh. the leg. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> attempting to like heal it yeah. faster. Yeah. Well, okay. it's, it's attempting to just heal it and getting some sort of like uh blood supply to, uh, the missing oh. bone okay. piece, you know? Okay. So, um, so yeah, I was like on crutches for a little bit. Um, I eventually had to like go on swim team and all this stuff. But like the first opinion from like the doctor was like, oh, you know, he, we're gonna have to like cut, you know, it, we're gonna have to do surgery on him. We're gonna have to do all this stuff. Like this is where, cause like I was complaining about like my knee. I was like, oh, my knee hurts, my knee hurts. And then we found out there was nothing wrong with my knee. And they did an x ray of my hip. And I had to keep going in like the doctors like all the time. Yeah. And they were saying that like I probably wouldn't walk again until like high school maybe, you know? And then mm -hmm. I was able to like, I guess I got out of it like um, full on. Like, I mean, we, we, can, we can go, like, you know, uh, we, we can go, like, further into the story. But what I was just going to say, it took me, like, maybe, like, four years to get, like, fully wow. healed. Like, I couldn't really, like, walk, like, long distances. I couldn't really be, like, physical all that much. And how um, old are you at this time? I know you said it. I don't know how old you are in fourth grade. Like, maybe. eight, nine? Yeah, something like that. So, okay. it's really hard to just, like, be, being home, you know. From... Well, yeah, especially as a nine-year-old, like, wanting to be out with your friends yeah. and, like, running around and playing and stuff. I can imagine that impacted you in some sort of way. Sure. So, like, 
when I was at home, I would just all I would do is just uh, I was like my parents ordered me like a like a hospital bed because it was it was covered by insurance. So mm-hmm. um, and I was an only child too. So like all I would do is uh, I would just sit there and and you know surprisingly drumming wasn't even like um bad because I was just I was able to sit but I couldn't like walk or you know walk all that well but like as long as I was sitting down like you know there wasn't a lot of force on my legs so I was able to like drum a lot I was able oh to, you like, were drumming at that point you uh, had already uh, you know discovered yeah drums. yeah oh, okay. so we're about like maybe two years in, in into this okay so um and t- two years into my drumming right 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 but um yeah I was able to uh sorry I have to cough <clears throat> so we were <laughs> I was living in Denver at the time but I did like all of fourth grade and basically like a hospital bed which is kind at of home, you were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourth grade. Okay. So sometimes I'd be able to like go in like the classroom. You know, I was like registered like as like going because I had this condition. I had to, I had to stay home. I had to like. And your better. mom, your mom and your dad taught you. Uh no, we we hired like an outside tutor. Oh, <laughs> so it was it was like a neighbor from like down the street. Yeah. Um. So I did. Yeah, I was living in a town called Littleton, Colorado. That's where it's where uh it's where Columbine happened. So I would have actually um. I would either have gone to Columbine High School or I would have gone to uh, Arapahoe, and those those two were like kind of near each other. Mm-hmm. So um, I could have had my choice of either high school because they were both in. It, wouldn't that have been crazy if I would have gone to Columbine? Yeah, because I uh, I was a, I was a freshman when when all that happened, the Columbine stuff. Right. So okay, so scary. so so yeah. I I kind of so going back to the topic, um, I feel like I got over. You know, over that because because doctors didn't think I was going to be able to like really be mobile until um, maybe I was like in high school or out of high school. So, so then, when did you? Um, I got I started getting like fully I, I was fully like rehabilitated by the time I was in um, seventh grade. Okay, so, so it took like three years of me just like being like a hardcore uh, swimmer. Like sw- like I guess swimming really helped my my legs. You know, oh. it's like good exercise. Yeah, a lot of blood. But, flow, but but you went back to school before seventh grade. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. But I had I had like crutches and stuff. Right. And how did walk, like, how did that affect you as a kid? Um, it made me feel like I was different than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it was like a lesson early on where it's like I kind of just um, embraced people that were different from one another. Mm-hmm. Whether you know it didn't matter like what kind of um, physical things they had wrong with them. It didn't matter you know, skin color. It, it, I, basically, I was able to accept everybody. Right. You know? How did um, it, like, impact you psychologically as a kid? Like, how... Felt like I wasn't, um, I wasn't as good as the others. Mm. Felt like, uh, you know, I felt like I was, like, teased a lot just because I was different. And, you, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know, like, the effects um, that that can have on one. You right. Know? But I, I, I felt like I was just more different than everybody else. I always felt like I was, like, an outcast. You know? Yeah. How did you deal with that? Like being in school with kids who like it sounds like are teasing you. Like what? Cool. What do you do? <laughs> See that? That's where it gets crazy because like I, uh, I, I felt like I was kind of like a loner like my whole, um, my whole childhood, and because I didn't have siblings. Right. I also had to move uh, around every single. I never went to the same school twice until like I went to Utah. So I never really, didn't really like keep friends, you know. And so. All those were like, I guess, like anytime I'd like come in contact with somebody, like I would always try to like keep that relationship super tight mm. because every single year I would just I'd be going somewhere else, and it's like it's just it's not normal for a kid to move around, right? Every single, but it was just like you know my dad tried to do what was best for our family, and so that was that's what we had to do. Yeah. You know? How did that like affect your personality moving around as much as you did, and like? Having to make new friends, it sounds like. Um, it was like it, it's it's kind of like music. It's it's adapt or die. Mm. You know, I just felt like w- once I moved to Utah, I felt like okay, 
I guess we're staying here. My mom, like, I remember there was this one time my dad was working on um, this TV show, Touched by an Angel, and then he got, like, a a better offer to go work on the show Clueless because they had, like, it was a union show, and Touched by an Angel was non-union, so it was able to give, you know, his family, like, health benefits right. and things like that. And so, uh, but my mom finally, you know, she put her foot down and was like, we're not moving again. Mm. Like, we're, like, Ryan needs to, like, stay here and, like, make, like, actual friends and, you know. Have yeah. some sort of community and stuff. And so I, I tell people a lot of the time, like, when they say, where are you from? It's like, I didn't really, like, know that answer. So I just started telling people I was from Utah because that's where, you know, music became everything for me. That's mm. where, like, um, that's where I played some of my first concerts. That's where I made, like, some of my best friends even, like, today. Mm-hmm. That's where I had, like, an actual grounding. That's where I had a community. And so, um, so yeah, that's what, <laughs> you know, that's that's why I tell people I'm from Utah. Because I, I feel like... You know, when you come from a specific, like, scene or, like, because I, I, lo- I loved punk rock music growing up. Um, and I got turned on to that by, like, my, uh, my mom's best friend's uh, child at the time. And I, I, was, I didn't really discover, like, any of that until I was, like, 11, you know? So um, all, all that was in my, uh, my, my orbit was, like, anything my parents listened to and, like, the Beatles. And then one day, like, I went to, like, a record store and I found Green Day. And then that opened up everything for me. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Oh yeah. We were talking about mental, mental health and just how well, yeah. it bounced back. But I think, I think that's where, that's where it really felt like I was, uh, when in Utah, looking back on it, I think I created like my own problems, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't like unpopular. I just was, I wasn't really like noticed, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in school. The only thing that I was like, that I would get any kind of recognition for was just my, my musical abilities. But mm-hmm. I was always the guy that would go play with like the older people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I ask, I usually start out with like a childhood or question in that world because like that is, if you spend any time in therapy, it's like that is something that you talk about a lot is like Mm -hmm. what you dealt with growing up, what your household was like, what your childhood was like, because that's our formative years where our brain develops and like we get some of our like main, our our, like core values or our core personality traits. So I, I'm just, I was just curious about like how being what, I mean, using your words like a loner, how that's either benefit, been to your benefit or detriment as an adult. I think it's, the only thing that's detrimental is feeling like um, I need to, I don't want to say befriend, but I just, I, I had a hard time putting up boundaries, mm. you know, until, until like kind of recently. Mm-hmm. And now that I've put my foot down on on certain things, it feels like the right people are sticking around in my life versus, you know, I guess it's, it's more about, you know, and this is, this is good advice for anybody, but it's more about uh, quality than it is quantity. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know? Oh yeah. But I mean, like, I just, I felt like in music, it's like, I also felt like the more people that I surrounded myself by, the better off I would be. And that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily always the case. You could attract the wrong people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, I'm just kind of starting to learn that. You, th- you think that like, because I'm the kind of person where I feel like uh, everybody's great until they're not. And I think a lot of people think that nobody's great until they are. Mm. If that mm-hmm. makes any kind yeah, of sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. You know, I've always been like the open, because I feel like I was also at a disadvantage when I was a kid. And I was like, you know, what? I want to treat everybody. I want to treat everybody the same. doesn't matter like how, you know, who, what they look like mm-hmm. or what kind of disadvantages they may have or anything. I just want to treat everybody the same. And I want to be, and I want to be nice to people. I want to be kind. 
and mm-hmm. I want to be able to make everybody feel welcomed. And it's like such a fine line, right? Because like that's an amazing way to be that more of us sh- like and mm-hmm. more people in the world should be like that. But at the same time, it's like there's opportunity to get taken advantage of, right? you know, yeah. and it's such a it's so hard to like be able to walk that line. Right. Um, do you feel like. And I only say this because I feel this way, so I'm asking mm-hmm. it like coming from someone who feels this way already. Um, do you feel like you have to be friends with everybody? I know you're, you said you're working on boundaries now, but like in the past, because you're worried you won't have anyone or you're worried you'll get abandoned or like what is like the core fear around what that? What was it? Um, I was, I'm going to start saying was because, you know, the older you get, the less people are in your life, mm-hmm. no matter no matter what. Because I, I never realized like, you know, going out at such like a young age, like I moved to California, like full on. I mean, like I've been kind of like here on and off. Like I was born out here. Like I went to like elementary school a little bit here. Went to sixth grade here. That's a whole nother story. Um, but as soon as like I graduated high school, I just, uh, I kind of came out here the the following spring. And I felt like, I felt, yeah, I felt like if if I didn't have people in my life, you know, that were kind of in like a similar field as me that I would be deemed like a failure. Mm. I would, um, I felt like if I couldn't love myself, how could anybody else love me? Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I needed to surround myself with people that are, are just like me, you know, that are trying to do like the same things. But some of those people might not have like, uh, the right motives. Cause I mean, like I, I grew up, you know, Utah's a pretty sheltered, awesome place. And no one really understands until, until you come out to LA, um, in, in, in Utah, everybody just kind of like looked out for each other and people did art because they wanted to do it. And there was no, there was no like, uh, what am I trying to say here? The, the, the reward was you got to play for a community of people who cared, mm. you know? And so you, you came up with like, a, you know, everybody in the music scene. I mean, there was like drummers that I look up to that are from Salt Lake that have gone on to be like in like huge bands and like amazing musicians. But what I was taught, it was just like the more people that you surround yourself with, like in the music community, the more you learn and the more and the better off you are because Utah is so like tight knit. Like everybody there, like you could you can make like a spider like from from back in the day. You, if if you were really in like the uh, the quote unquote music scene, that's like the only place I felt like I belonged. You know, I wouldn't go to like school dances or functions. I'd I'd go to like concerts at night, and I'd meet some of my best friends there that are like still close with me today. But I felt like if it wasn't for like you know like Kilby Court was like a big um, a DIY scene there. But I I grew up like just you know with everybody like surrounding myself with people that loved art as much as I did. And it was just like, that was like my whole life. And so you can make a spider web of like all the different musicians and the players that were like from that area that also played with other people who also played with other people who also played. It was just like this never ending web. So I was like, Oh, if I want to be the best musician, I need to just surround myself with also the best musicians. I need to be able to play with people and, you know, have that never stop. I, I always liked playing with like multiple people at once because I felt like I would learn something and take it away, take away um, becoming a better artist, mm-hmm. you know, um, better player. So, yeah. like, you do you feel like you um, wanted to befriend everybody because, like, you don't was get that forgotten from a, about? I don't okay. want to get forgotten about, yeah. But, 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 but from like a personal standpoint or from a business standpoint, like, you didn't want people to not. Like, you didn't want to not have a future? Or is it because, like, I you it wanted to be twined. liked? I, it was all intertwined. Okay. 
you know, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. You know, I've I've learned throughout the years you don't have to be necessarily friends with the people that you uh, you create art with, but it it certainly helps. Yeah. You know. Well, I I know you um, mentioned like fear of like failure. Yeah. I've also been with artists that have also had a fear of success. Mm. You know. Yeah. Like I moved out to LA and uh, I joined this band at the time, and I just remember like it felt like I was just fighting the grain because it took me two and a half years to realize that like the band that I was in didn't have, we didn't have the same goals. Mm. You know, we liked each other as people and like we jammed and, you know, the chemistry was there, but when it came to like presenting a show or trying to play concerts or anything like that, I just, I couldn't move the needle against like anything. It's not like either like a, a record deal wasn't good. Like the record deal wasn't good enough or the show wasn't big enough or just whatever, it, at least from my perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought like, oh, okay, well, music seems to be, it's, it's, a, it's a network. And if, you know, if people like you in that certain network, things, things can happen, you know? Um, and I'm sure that's like benefited you a lot, you know? I mean, I, I've, never, I've never not been myself. I've just always had the, the, the stance of like, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Right. But has so, that ever negatively affected you? Sure. Your desire to like be friends with everyone? Oh, yeah. Of course. In what way? Um, you find out down the road that maybe those people don't actually like you. Mm. But you find out that maybe maybe they just want something from you, you know? I try to treat everybody on an even playing field, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I do. It's just like everybody deserves to be heard, you know? It's just it's just a matter of like is it going to be cuz here's what I think too with with music and what I've what I've also learned with music is that if if it's um if it's good if it's great people will hear about it mm. they'll 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 discover it somehow some way it might not be today it might not be tomorrow but people will discover it it's all word of mouth music is yeah. it is all that's even even you know being an actress like yeah, it's, it's yeah. all if you have talent and you're you're a cool hang and you're you know um you're, you're like a nice person and you just, you know, you, you, you involve yourself in a community full of people. Cause that's really all this is. Yeah. Then people will be more inclined to want to be around you. Yeah. I mean, I you definitely know? relate to that feeling of like a cool hang Yeah, of being, cause I, I know for me personally, it's like, you don't want to be on set with an asshole. Right. Right. Or yeah. you don't want to hire mm -hmm. an asshole to be with you on set or whatever. And I'm sure right. it's the same way with like touring. You don't want to be on yeah. tour with an asshole or no. a, not a cool hang. I'd rather hang with the guy that wasn't a virtuoso, mm -hmm. you know, musician who can, who can like still hang and play or whatever, but like rather than the guy that can play like fucking uh, Amadeus or something. Sure. You know? Do you feel like, I, I only come back to this fear of failure because it's like a common thread with a lot of interviews that mm -hmm. I do. Okay. Um, do you feel like any project that you've been a part of, do you equate that to a failure at all? You know, and I've said this on every every episode, but like every episode of, of your of, podcast, of my podcast, yeah, yeah I'm no, just, and oh, we're doing my podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. People don't know that you also have a yes, podcast. Yes, I do have a podcast, and it's you know, um, we'll we'll get back to that later. Sure. But but the the real issue at hand is, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, you, you know, musicians or actors they they fail, and the one in ten that don't were the ones that were too stupid to stop. Mm -hmm. So I'm too stupid to stop. Yeah. But yeah. do you feel like the times that you quote unquote failed? Because I don't really consider anything a failure. I think, yeah. You know? 
Do it's you, not. It's not a failure if you've learned something from that lesson and you don't repeat it again. That's, but in that's the moment, it's, it's really hard to know right, that, right? Yeah, sure. Like, like, you don't know. can you remember a moment in your career, life, or whatever that you, in the moment, you were like, "I have failed. I, I sure. am a failure." Of course. And what reflecting back on that, like, do you like? What are your thoughts? Or like, also, what was the time? And you don't have to like name names or say bands or anything. Sure, like yeah, that, yeah. But like, um, I had a moment where I was like, man, I really thought that uh, this was something that it wasn't, but maybe, maybe it was my fault for thinking it was more. Mm. You know, I've had that realization before. I've also had the realizations of like, you know, something that may have started one way might not necessarily be the way that it is. You know now or yeah. not even now just like whatever whatever time period we're, yeah we're just like the, the nature of change yeah. in, yeah, change. Exactly. in bands and, and people sure yeah so um i i, I think i think it's sometimes sometimes i think my personality um could alarm people and i only say that because i try to treat everybody on the same even playing field and here's another here's another thing too is like if you ever go out to like a restaurant you should try to like check out like if you're just hanging out with like your friends or whatever you should try to you should try to see it's this is a good judge of character you should try to see and take in and notice how people treat their servers Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good indication on if if you should be around that person or not yeah we're all we're all here we're all the same nobody's nobody's really different we all we're all the same on the inside we all bleed the same yeah you know what what separates everybody else is how they is is their approach you know I've always been from the state of treat people the way you want to be treated. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be, you know, you just want to be authentic. You well, why be... you said that like some people may think that it's like alar- oh, your person right. is alarming. Like, what does that because what do you mean by that? I, I think, I think sometimes because people are like, what is this guy's intentions? You know, why would they think that? Because they think like, oh, well, this guy, this guy's too nice to be, you know, the way he is. So what, what's he hiding? What's, what's going on? What's the real deal? You Got know, it. where it's like, maybe people just aren't used to, you know, being around nice people, mm-hmm. you know? So I, uh, yeah, I try to give everybody a chance, you know? Has that like ever bite, like bitten you in the ass? Like yeah, of course. being, do you can, do you think you're like too nice or just nice enough? I think, I mean, people can take advantage, you know? What do you do in those moments? What have you done previously or like what are you working towards or because I know you mentioned you're working on boundaries right now, which is another thing that I talk a lot about. Being, on this being podcast. OK, being OK to say no to something, you know, mm. but I always try to because um, I, I want to like I, it's just it's natural in me to want to help people. What, whether whether that's, you know. Connecting dots or it's yeah, connecting dots mostly, but like uh, whether it's connecting dots or putting in the legwork to see something through you know mm-hmm. um yeah but then there's other people that are like oh i see what ryan's doing now and it might be you know m- more successful than what i'm doing and i might want to see if this person can help me and I've, i'm always down to help whoever you know mm-hmm. i'm not looking for things in return i just think the more people that uh that you you help in your journey it, it comes it comes back to you yeah, it, it it is. It's it's like karma, you know. Mm-hmm. If if you create your own luck and you create your own um, destinies, then usually the outcome is good. I think. I think the more people you help, it's just it's the better the better off you are as well. Yeah, you learn a lot of things, you know. Yeah, backtracking a little bit, like how, 
did you? I feel like I'm not like answering your question. You're, you're <laughs> dancing around it a little bit. I'll get. I'll get there. No, Don't I'm worry. Just, I think I'm just trying to figure out the root of what you're saying because I feel. I almost feel like this is a therapy session. It is. I mean, that's usually yeah. how people feel at the okay. end of this. But yeah. they usually feel good. Hopefully, you feel good after the end right. of this. Um. No, yeah, I just feel like I, I talk to so many different people about like, mm. and I bring up Enneagram a lot on this podcast because it's, it's just helpful for me. Like you, I made you take the test before and you're, yeah. you're a two, mm-hmm. which is the helper. Right. And it's like just helpful for me to like understand people and to communicate or whatever. of like, sure. why are you helping? And like, how has that been beneficial for you? And how mm. has that been detrimental? And if it has been detrimental, what are I, ways you're combating that in I think the future? I, let, I think I let too many people in. That's, mm. what, that's what I really think too, you know? Mm. Let the wrong people in sometimes. Mm, and that's, and why, why is that? Because I believe, I believe that everybody should get a chance. I don't know. I mean, like here, here's a good, here's a good example. You want, you want to know who a really good humanitarian is, a good person? Sure. I'll, t- I'll tell you, Kevin Lyman. Do you know who that is? No. He was the, uh, okay, so in my world, he was the creator of the Warp Tour. Okay. So he is given a platform probably to like hundreds Hundreds. I would say hundreds. Yeah. He's given a platform to hundreds of bands and artists over the years. And because of something that he created, those artists went on to, you know, become successful. And they've had a platform because of this one person. That is a humanitarian. He didn't have to create like a fucking a punk rock tour that travels like, Mm -hmm. you know, city to city. If it wasn't for that tour, I wouldn't even know if I would know half the people I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's because of his community that I was able to achieve some of the things I've wanted mm-hmm. o- over the course of my life, you know, whether it's helping like a band that I believed in just because I thought they were like a good band and then like telling other people about said band or if it was, you know, or I met somebody through the tour and then they were like, Oh, Ryan's cool. Like he, he can play drums. He's great. You know, he's, he's a fun guy to hang out with or whatever it is. Um, but I feel like, again, it all comes back to community, you know, if you try, if you try to be a good person and if you are a good person and you want to make a difference in the world, that energy comes back to you. But what does this have to do with like letting people in, letting too many people in or letting the wrong people in, which is what you kind of talked about a little bit before this? Yeah, I think, but see that, see, I, the reason why I'm going back to Kevin Lyman is because like he's, he's given anybody and everybody a chance, you know, sometimes you find out later down the line and everybody always gets their day anyway, but like you find out later, oh, maybe that person like wasn't so like wasn't such a good person. Yeah, but I wonder if it's better to be that way than the opposite, right? Than not letting anybody in at all versus letting too many people in. But I guess if you let too many people in, you just have to know that it's probably going to eventually hurt you in some way and like whether you are able to bounce back from that or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me how you got, how how did you like get, like what was your first um, like big thing? Was it Warped Tour? Yeah, you could say that. I was like, uh, so I was 18 and I was playing in like punk rock bands uh, in Salt Lake City. And I remember doing this like DIY tour, <laughs> you know, uh, it means like you book, you book the tours yourself. I didn't know okay. any, I didn't know anything. It's in this band called the Teen Tragedies. And we had success in Salt Lake and we were like the band that would open up for everybody that would come through on like a national level. Like we opened up for like AFI and like Tsunami Bomb and... Mr. T experience, so like, like mid-level punk bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember going on this like tour and there's this all girl band called the eyeliners and they're from, they're from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we played a show there and they, uh, you know, they, they saw, they saw me play, but we opened up for them in Salt Lake city. But I remember after the tour, I just, I didn't think I was cut out for touring because of just, just because of this one experience of just going on the road and 
you know, sleeping in the vans and like not knowing anybody anywhere. And, you know, well, it's hard for anybody. Yeah. But I remember after that tour, I emailed the Highliners and I was like, hey, like, thanks for coming and seeing me play like in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And next time you guys come to Salt Lake, like we should we should hang out or grab food or whatever. Like you always got a, you know, you always have a friend here in Salt Lake. And so, again, community and just mm-hmm. like being open with people. And I think they, they saw how hard, how hard I was working and I kept in touch. And they're like, oh, well, this kid's young. He's about to graduate high school let's you know we're trying to move our sister from like the drum because she would uh, the singer would play drums and sing at the same time okay so they wanted to move her up to the front they're all sisters too so they were like let's let's get like one of our friends to drum this summer and so that summer was you know 2002 i was on the warp tour and it was like all the bands i was listening to at the time were on that tour so it was just like it was a it was a punk rock fantasy camp for me it was just like oh my god i get to like i get to see mxpx every day i get to to watch Bad Religion and Lagwagon yeah. and Newfound Glory and fucking Good Charlotte or whoever, whoever was on, you know, a bunch of bands were on that year. Um, but I think also that created a lot for me because, again, I was like, I was a pretty outgoing. I was just always asking questions. I was always try- I was trying to figure out, like, how it all works. And, you know, at night, every- all the bands would hang out together. So it was like kind of like a community. And that's kind of what made me really move to Los Angeles in the first place. But just hanging out with, like, bands that I respected growing up and going to see. I was a huge fan, you mm-hmm. know, of, of just music and bands. And I, I always dreamt of, like, being up on that stage yeah. and playing drums and just, you know, just having that life. And that was the first taste of it. And I, I, knew, go- I knew going into the tour that it was just going to be, like, that summer. And it turned into, like, one more tour after that. But I think that, like, that got my feet wet for everything that would come later. Mm-hmm. You know, but even later, I still didn't know, like, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. So, um, so what did you do? You just kept... Yeah, so I mean, like I, I once once that you know that job was over, I was like, okay, well, I met a bunch of people on like the Warp tour. I'm gonna try to move out to Los Angeles because it seems like that's what all the musicians are doing. And the fir- the first day I got to Los Angeles, I I landed a gig, you know, and uh, but that was also from like going to shows in Utah because as soon as I got done playing with the Eyeliners, I uh, there's this really awesome band that I I got to watch called Fairview at the time, and I went up to them and just started talking to them and. I ended up uh, coming out to L.A., and uh, I found out that they were looking for a drummer, and I said I was moving here. But I was also – I originally moved out to like, go to a music school, mm. but, I, but I, I did that to keep my chops up. But I wanted to be in a band with people that uh, wanted to play awesome music and mm-hmm. see, the, see the world. Yeah. And that's, that's, what made me, that's what made me move out to L.A. in the first place, you know? Yeah. Just by being a fan of music. That's literally it. Like that's that's all this has come down. It's all I've ever known. It's it's, it's, it's there's just like a sense of uh, comfortability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? How has because like in the beginning of this conversation you talked about like how you're working on setting boundaries. Like yeah. Why is that something you're working on, and how are you working on it? Um. Why I'm working on it because I feel like somewhere down the line, my kindness goes unnoticed. And I feel like I get burned a lot. But also that could be my own misunderstandings of uh, agreements mm. that I make with people. Mm-hmm. You know, go, just talking like on a business level. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way is I'm just like some people like I'm just like not like writing back, you know. What some do you pe- mean? Um, there'll be like some people from time to time. Like I think they only hit me up because they, they want something. Oh, they don't I see. necessarily like, they don't want to actually like hang out with me. They just want to know what I can do for them. That's it. 
Uh huh. You know. What about boundaries on like a personal level, like not business related, like relationships or? I just feel like if I'm being disrespected now, I just I just shut down. I don't I don't talk to. Mm. <laughs> I don't reach out to those people anymore. I don't yeah. talk to them. I slowly get them out of my life. You Is know? that hard? Of course. Yeah, because like there's some people that you know might be in your life for like five years or maybe ten years or whatever, and and there comes a point where like I feel so, someone told me this. I, I'm trying to remember who exactly, but they said that like you know people are meant to be in your life for a certain amount of time before eventually like you don't talk to them anymore or they're 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 just, they're just out like no no one lasts like forever. That's a hard reality to accept, <laughs> Is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like everybody's in your life for a specific purpose. That's what I think too. Mm. You know. Mm. It's and it, you feel like it's just differentiating, like, yeah, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, Los Angeles can also be like the loneliest uh, place yeah. in the war in the world. Yeah, I'm. I've I figured out very quickly that I I'm an extrovert. We've talked about this mm-hmm, before. Yeah, but um, I feel like when I go out, like if we're all, you know, having the same goal and the same causes and like trying to grow, like a a safe place for people to go like check out music i feel like that's when i'm that's when it's like most rewarding mm. is if i can see bands that i like and artists that i admire start from like zero and then just go as far as they can go just because of the the few people that are around that care but again everything is word of mouth whether you're an actor or musician mm-hmm. that's what i think you know yeah like there's these um in silver lake there's this uh comedy thing called best uh fish best fish taco night and they yeah, have yeah. like these small uh, comedy shows, mm-hmm. right? But I think that can that could be the beginning of like something else for, sure. for somebody. But again, it's 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 based on community, right? Every actor, musician, or whatever they they all have to start somewhere in persistence, right? Yeah. Like continuing yeah. to do the thing. Yep. Well, well, what do you do when when you have downtime? Because like you tour a lot. I don't have downtime. <laughs> you don't have, yes, you do. I mean, I do, but it's again. What do you do when? What do you do when you're not touring? You can, okay. What What do I do? Sometimes, like, I'm so mentally drained that I just like. Sometimes, like, I'll lay around for like days at a time. I won't do anything. Sometimes, I'll go to I'll go to shows or I'll reconnect with friends and like go to dinners or I'll like, you know, maybe I'll make a podcast or I'll write songs or I'll, you know, take a drive somewhere. But do you like feel? What am I, what am I want to say? Do you feel like le- <laughs> less yeah. valuable when you're not on tour? Or do you always feel equally valuable no matter what? No, sometimes what? I do. I say that to- because this podcast is about like when you're in those moments, right. what do you do? Like even if it's like a daily thing, like I go on a walk or yeah. There's this I go thing to called therapy. like post-tour depression where like, because when you're on tour, it's really, you know, Depending on like who you're with, it could be a very easy and it's it's like a, a different reality. It could be like a giant party or it could be the loneliest place in the entire universe, mm-hmm. depending on like who you're with, you know? And so when, when that ends and you're like, oh my God, it's over. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do I do now? Yeah. And you are truly the master of your own reality or your, your, uh, your next move, whatever that is. So what do you do? You know? What do you personally do? I, when I get home from a tour, I kind of like, I rest for like maybe like a week and I just kind of like dwell on it. I'm like, okay, it feels really great to be back. I'm just resting. I'm in one place. I don't have to like move around a bunch. And then it's like, sometimes it's like hard to get inspired yeah. when, you, when you've had so much, you know, fun on the road, whether, you know, you're hanging out with friends. It's basically you could be as busy or as not busy. If you're an introvert, I feel like 
touring is probably like the worst place you could possibly be. Sure. You know, if you're an extrovert like me, it's like, oh, great. I'm in fucking Denver tonight. I know Jimmy and Carrie and right, right, uh, right. fucking Darren or whoever, whoever Nate. I, I'm just making up. I'm, I'm actually not making up people. These are people I'd really hang out with, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, Omaha. Oh, I can go see my friend Orion. Just like years of doing the same shit over and over again. I've been playing the same theaters now for fucking like 15 years, mm-hmm. you know? Literally this, the same venues. It's like, it's just like, which movie as a musician, if I'm playing these venues, like which movie is the best movie? Is it the one where I enjoy playing the music that I love playing or is it like playing for an artist and seeing their dream or like what is it mm-hmm. it's, it's like a rhetorical question but um touring for me makes it so fun because i get to play i mean now i get to play music that i like and i also get to see people from around around the world that like i've you know maybe have had great conversations with or have had like we've helped each other out in some way or maybe we like got like fucked up one night and it was just like a really fun story and so we've we've been able to like keep a connection sets yeah you know as an as an extrovert as an extrovert oh yeah so when when i come home though that's then it's like doom and gloom it's like oh man what am i doing now that's what i'm saying like like like, when you're not with mm -hmm. people which inevitably at some point in your life you're gonna be by yourself (laughs) right right? of course it like what goes through your head in those moments where you're alone or by yourself I go, okay, how do I, how do I become happy? Mm, that's a big question. How, you know, and I, I just think it's happiness is within, it's within feeling comfortable with yourself. And sometimes I don't feel comfortable with myself at all. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning more to be okay with like not being liked, you know, mm. because you can't be, you can't be liked by everybody. No. You can't. It's, it's virtually impossible. It is you're impossible. Gonna, you're going to piss off somebody somewhere, whether you mean to or not. Um, I mean, we've we've had similar conversations with, about this, where it's like, yeah. yeah, how do you get comfortable with <laughs> yeah. with one with being uncomfortable, right? How do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and how do you get comfortable knowing that, like, yeah, not everybody's gonna like you. You're not gonna right. be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not like, okay, right? You know, yeah. But it is that question of like, well, how do I be? How do I exist and be happy without being on tour or without mm-hmm. being around people? You know, I think that's such a hard question for creative people or just ambitious people in general because right. you're a very ambitious person. Like, I also feel like in, in the arts, though, mm-hmm. if you don't have a community, I, I I wholeheartedly believe this. If you don't have a community, you got nothing. Yeah, you know? I, I kind of wonder if it's like that in any industry. Yeah, it's not like I would have the information because I'm not in any other industry, but it's like I feel like in a lot of it's it is about like networking and. Who mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, yeah, which makes it hard for introverts. Right, it does. But if you have um, an extrovert that you trust, and you're like in a, you know, you're in a, a, a band dynamic, sure, then that should take all of your worries away. Yeah, <laughs> if it, you know, yeah, if you truly like that person, or else it's like, well, why would you want to be around that person then? Yeah, or if you're if you have a manager who will be extroverted on your behalf, right? <laughs> you sure. know, yep. Even then, though, it's like. The only person that's going to care about uh, anything is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the only, I mean, like, about, like, any of your goals and dreams is, is going to be more you than anybody even, like, working for you. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's music. That's art. That's, yeah. uh, that's acting. <laughs> to, be, to be a musician and to just be in the job that I want to be, it's like you have to know that, like, nothing, nothing is certain. Your friends aren't certain people you hang out with aren't certain your career is certainly not certain 
and it could all end tomorrow. And it's it's kind of a dooming doom and gloom, you know? Yeah, um, I relate to that. Yeah, and that could that could be an actress, that could be an actor. You know, there's some people that like as actors that maybe they do like a different role and they get so tight casted you'll never see that person as another mm. another mm. actor. Sure. You know, you just view them as the guy from fucking you know, say by the bell or uh, Yeah, I do think that that happens in any industry. It's just more mm. apparent in uh any creative type of field, but like you know, I I have friends who have like a very standard like 9 to 5 job that has like, you know, standard hours, a standard pay and all yeah. that shit. But then they get fired. And it's like they thought that they had everything under control and they had stability and they had retirement and they had, you know, all this stuff and then they get fired. So it's like you could do everything Right. The quote unquote stable way or the quote unquote correct way and it still go wrong. Right. You know? Yep. So I think it's just more evident in our careers because there's an end date to a tour or there's an right. end date to a movie shoot or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just I we don't live regular lives. There's so many people that like if they lost their job tomorrow, they'd be like, Oh fuck, what do I actually do? And I don't know how they would handle it. Whereas like I lose my job all the time. Right. Yeah, me <laughs> too. You, you know what I mean? Not like all the time. No, no, but no, no. Yeah. Like every time a tour's over. Every, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, does, do, do, am I going to go back? Right. Am I, you know, what? There's no, there's no like handbook. There's no HR in my department. You know, right. there's no fucking like health benefits. There's no, mm-hmm. as a musician, it's just, it's fucking crazy. Is there a, you, are, you know, are there, musicians yeah, in a union? Yes, there is a musician's union. I, I haven't joined. Yeah. You know, um, because I, I just I I haven't. Um, what do they provide? Do you know like any of the details of her? Aunt? No, they try they try to make sure that like you know whoever you're working for, it, like you have to get paid like a certain minimum. Right. Okay. If, if you're yeah. like under like a, I I haven't I haven't really divulged into yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know a lot about it because I've just kind of been like a, a Mr. DIYer. Yeah, like freelance. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So um, yeah. but I feel like you should only join a musicians union if like you're playing with like people on tv or you're mm. like like regularly like if you're like it's just like protection for you sure to not get fucked by people trying right. to like lowball you wage wise right. right or i'm sure condition wise too mm-hmm. um yeah. what's like something that you've learned on tour about mm, yourself about myself <laughs> um i love the thing i've learned is like i i, I really love to travel and being in a new environment all the time. Mm, you thrive in that? Yeah. Yeah. I love being in a different city and I know like where I am most times. I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant or I know how to get there without anyone's help. I can take, or I know like the best spots or I know like, oh, when I'm in Iowa, I'm going to Zombie Burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I'm in fucking Denver, I'm going, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be laughing if uh, my friends are listening to this. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I go to Denver, I go to Chiba Hut. Or I go to fucking Casa Bonita or something, yeah. you know? There's just little, there's little places I like to go. Um, and it's like, I can I can pretty much like strike up a conversation with anybody, mm-hmm. you know? I'll be like, oh, where are you from? And then they'll say like, whatever city. And, I'll, and, I, and then I'll like think of like, oh, what's in that city? Like when I met you, mm-hmm. I was like, where are you from? And you're like, oh, I, I, I spent my time in like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Jackrabbits. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You know about Jackrabbits? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, sure. I've been in Jacksonville. I know yeah. like, I got friends there. I got like, you know. Yeah, I can. I that's where I can find. I can. I can pretty much like find a common bond with anybody. Whether I'm, if I'm like at the blackjack table, I'm like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, oh, I'm from like, uh, I don't know, fucking. I was gonna. Remember, I almost remember the name of the the bar, but there, I was gonna say like South Carolina. There's one spot, uh, the Columbia Tavern or something. Yeah, great, great Brooklyn, great Brooklyn Tavern. I think that's what's called. Anyway, um, 
I'm sure I'm getting I'm sure I'm getting some names wrong. But yeah, just like in any city, because I've been in these places like a million times. There's only like a handful of states that like I haven't uh played. Yeah. You know? Like I've I've never been to West well, I mean I've driven through it, but I've never like stopped in like West Virginia. Yeah. Never played a show in Wyoming. Yeah. Played a show in Hawaii when I was like eleven. <sighs> you know? Played in Alaska before. Uh Mississippi, never been there. I don't think I don't You think, seem like a very a very what? Like happy, like unshakable type of person. That's not true. Yeah, you do. You seem, I'm saying like from an outsider, like I can just imagine people listening to this, listening to this conversation uh-huh. being like, he seems like he's pretty happy and has it all together. Like, what would you say to that? I just laugh. Why? Because it's just like, you just, you never know. Because I, I feel like most people, okay, this is, this is what music is like or acting or anything. It's just, I have to be grateful for the times that I do accomplish, but I, I'm my own worst critic and I, I go like, oh, I could have done that better mm. or I could, uh, I should have done it this way or I could, you know, I, yeah, this is what, this is how I can describe music or, or anything else. It's like, uh, or acting, right? So it's like, there's a, there's a mountain, right? And you look at the top of that mountain and you're like, hell yeah, that looks awesome. And then you climb the mountain and you look down and you're like, I accomplished it all. It is so awesome. And then you look behind you and then there's even a bigger mountain now. Mm. And you're like, uh-oh, I just did all this work to get right here. How am I supposed, like, when I was a kid, like, I went to all these, like, awesome venues. Like, I saw, like, a band, uh, like, we'll just say, like, Jimmy Eat World or something, okay, right? Yeah. So I saw them in a place called Deviate where, like, there was, like, you know, they, they drew, like, eight, 800 people. It's like, it's, like, the capacity of the place or, like, the used or something, right? And I was like thinking, man, if I could only like headline this place, or I can only so. And, and then and then you do, and you're like, you look around, you're like, wait, this this is that feeling I was chasing. Like, it doesn't feel anything like I thought, you know. And what scares me is, is like, am I always gonna am I gonna be content like where I am ever? Oh my god, <laughs> you know? I relate to that so much. So, it's a, it, yeah, and it's like, but I've been in all sorts of situations. Like I've played for like you know like a hundred thousand people before, and then like. You know, the next year I'm playing for like a hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where, where's the middle? It's like, it's like, you just have to enjoy the journey. Yeah. I was going to say like, how do you be content? <laughs> yeah. How do you be content with, because in my head also, I'm like, well, if I'm content, then I'm yeah. not going to have goals, but that's actually not true. Like you can be content with what you have and still aspire to have right. more. True. But like there, there comes a time where you have to like not keep uh, jumping from thing to thing, looking for something better than what you right. currently have. Right. Hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. but I just—that's very new to me because I'm very much the type of person who's like jumping to the next thing. Yeah, or knowing that there are going to be some bumps in the road that you're currently doing. You right. Know? Always. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing's perfect. You know. Yeah. But uh, this movie I'm living in is sure better than <laughs> any other movie you know <laughs> that, that I've experienced. So. Um, what um. What piece of advice would you give to your younger self <laughs> the self that we that we talked about earlier in uh, maybe in like fourth or fifth grade uh, that was having like the hip stuff or it doesn't have to be that but like that's really deep yeah what advice would i give to my former self i would say ryan you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs in your life but as long as you you know if you get knocked back if you get knocked down, just keep getting back up like you've been doing. I don't know if that's an articulate answer, but I was going to say, you know, just try to be the best person you could be and in all costs, whether, whether, whether you're, you're, you know, facing conflict or not, just try to be, just try to be the best person you can possibly yeah. be. That's it. What is like, 
That's great. What is like um, something that like you're, I know you're working on boundaries. Is that like the main thing you're working on in terms of like mental health or it sounds like you're kind of also working on like letting go. Mm -hmm. I am. Yep. Yeah. Which is like a practice, right? Like Like, it doesn't, you you can't just like snap your fingers. Like I'm let go of that thing. I can't control how people feel about me. No, only I can control how I feel about me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, but it, I think what really gets me sometimes is, or what bothers me is if like I really, and I'm I'm learning how to like navigate this too. But it's like if if there's someone I really care about, and we're having like a conflict or something, I can't, like for whatever reason it's like man I just I just want this fucking conflict to go away. Like why can't why can't we just be cool? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like if I really care about that person, it's it's just, it's just like holding on to something, you know. And I need to be better at like just like if things aren't going the way that you want them to. Or anything, you just you just gotta be okay with like let letting go of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, of course. But uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's a re- it's, it's a really, hard. It's big. Yeah, it's also knowing like how much you should fight for this one thing, and then mm-hmm. when to let go. Right. You know. Yeah. I relate to that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, we're nearing our time. These are really hard questions. I feel like I was on, like, like uh, the, the show, like, 2020 yeah. or something. Cool. Well, thanks so much for giving me an hour of your time. And... Thank, Rebecca, thank you so much. And with that, uh, make sure to take your medicine, kids. Uh, that's me. Sure. I'm okay, the one. I'm medicine. the kids. Okay, I did already this morning. I, I, should, I should take medicine, too. Should you? I have really bad ADHD. Maybe talk to your doctor about it. Yeah, maybe I should. thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you bounce back with guest musician ryan seaman you can find him on all the socials his handle is just his name ryan seaman thanks again for listening new episodes every thursday (laughs) 